Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to 32 Fans. In 32 Days, I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? It's rolling great. We recorded a bunch last night. We're doing more. We're really we're we're on a roll right now. Yeah, you ask how it's rolling. We're doing well. Yeah, we are. Rolling. It's daunting, but like uh, also we're going we're to divide and conquer a little bit this week. You'll do one without me. I'll maybe do a couple without you. Oh, okay. And before we know it, we'll be looking, you know, two thirds we'll, of the we'll way. We'll be done. getting right up to the Super Bowl contenders. It is tricky. We also have be, we, the holidays in a bizarre schedule thing or actually like the Jewish holidays start before the football season even starts, which has certainly never happened before. Yeah. Well, yeah, the holidays are early this year and the NFL season is starting late. So weird combination. Yeah. Of- yeah so uh, like do we release episodes on Rosh Hashanah and it's like do, do people are people going to think we're recording on Rosh Hashanah? Do we have to? How about I, we think issue dis- I think it's pretty clear. From, what if from- we issue a disclaimer up front? Like this was not recorded on Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not sitting in the back row of synagogue. Uh, if, if you hear if you hear a horn in the background, that's somebody beeping. That is not a shofar. Is that what you're mm-hmm. concerned about? Yeah. You know, I don't want people to get the wrong impression. But yeah, that that yeah. last week beforehand is a little tricky, but also great. We don't miss any football, right? It's Monday night to Wednesday night and you come back. We'll be, you know, uh, we'll be ready to go for Thursday night football and the, and, and uh, week one. And then Yom Kippur also misses, I think, uh, all the big games. So we're we're locked and loaded. This year. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to say the one so I had to cancel. I was supposed to fly out to your neck of the woods um, for the holidays. And unfortunately, because of covid, I had to cancel that this week. Mm-hmm. The one up. It wasn't of, enough covid that you were mad about that. You yeah, wanted no, to the, the your job. Your goal is to, like, just get everyone. No, but I was going to be flying. I was going to be flying out on um, on Sunday, September 19th. So missing mm-hmm. all the football games there. And I mean, that do. wouldn't that, that, that can't be an option. It, it can't be an option. To, to, I mean, but I was I was to I mean, fly on Sunday. You would I was fly gonna, at 7 a.m. I was flying Sunday in both directions. I was going to miss week two and I was going to miss a big chunk out of week four. So, yeah, not that's not acceptable. Well, it's not happening anymore. Who so. booked your tickets like Osama bin Laden? Like you I mean, can't you're, you, you're, you have to. I mean, do, I, I don't know if we have to get into a whole Jewish schedule thing here, but like when the holiday starts Monday night, when are you want to fly at 7 a.m. though? So, on Sunday. Uh, wait, leave on Sunday at 7 a.m. Yeah. You're aware it's a 12 hour flight. So no matter like, oh, I oh, see when you said my neck of the woods, I thought you meant Florida. I apologize. 
Do you see no, why I'm, I'm not confused planning a two-hour flight during football? Yeah, even if I'm, I was, that's, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm confused because no, my neck of the woods right now is Florida. Blue, live TV, anyways. That's not oh yeah, but you were never co- you were never going across the world. That, that was never. I was happen. until three days ago when we just canceled. No, you're you were never going to be able to get in. It's a nightmare. You have to quarantine for six weeks. It would have been. Okay, it but these are all new insane. rules that didn't exist. You could have asked ago. me. I would have told you it was a waste but, of your time to even think of that. I mean, you're you're objectively wrong. Like in in April and May and June and July, the the rules was. Anybody could come as long as the they were quarantined, were. as long as yeah. they're vaccinated. Yeah, but this rule changed a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and I, and it's and a, not and you still would have had to quarantine for a week. No, your kids would have. Your kids no, no, would have. No, no, no. The rule. And I can't believe we're getting into this. We have a guest sitting here patiently being quiet. Brandon, and I, just, I hope this is interesting. Brandon. No, the, the rule, the rule that Israel announced yeah. uh, like three months ago, that uh-huh. what, what it was going to be is anyone yeah. six and anyone over the age of six who was vaccinated could come in. You're right. This isn't interesting. No, I take it back. I and then uh, no, the, the one interesting thing, because it was stupid, is the vaccination is only available to 12 plus, And yet the rule was yeah. going to be seven. Yeah, plus. six to 12 is trapped. I know it, it, I it was really stupid. So my oldest son range. technically was going to have to quarantine, but we just not her- technically like he would have had the quarantine. They the no, police because, showed up at my house. Okay. Now they are because now things are getting crazy. Again. No, they but, showed up at my house before when things were calm. Well, I was in Israel in May and I didn't listen at all. So they were thinking, I know, but they know that you're not a listener. They showed up in my house. Yeah. But when my wife wasn't home, police came when my kids were like, when when parents and three of the four kids don't have to quarantine, they're not sure you have to check on one of the four kids. Come on. Well, that's when you least expect it. That's when they show up. Okay, enough of this. All right. We have an actual (laughs) guest here. (laughs) We've wasted five minutes of his time. I know Um, we we can't go over no matter what. Brandon Hilliard is here to talk about the Tennessee Titans coming off. Brandon. Coming yeah. off their first double-digit victory season in like a dozen years, and mm-hmm. he has to sit here listen to us arguing about COVID rules. I'll say this. They're not even in effect anymore. I'll say this. Yeah, say it. Uh, Brandon, I believe, reached out last year offering to come on the podcast. Mm. We hadn't had a ton of, you know, consistent Titans guests. And if I remember correctly, he was very, very good. He was one of our best guests last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we had, a, we had success on about three or four people who reached out to us, weren't necessarily like professional bloggers or podcasters ironic that we couldn't find a consistent titans guest since the titans were the most i mean most consistent team in the nfl they were nine and seven every year for like but they were boring and now they're yeah. almost settled into a boring goodness but i don't know maybe brandon disagree well let's talk about that brandon yeah so uh, just so this is one of the the three teams where akiva is much higher than i am although i don't think it's a huge difference akiva has him at 10 i have him at 16 but you know i could be convinced to move him up a few spots basically you know i, I have him as sort of like a a borderline type playoff team and i think akiva is as well but I'm sure that your eyes are set on the Super Bowl. So, I mean, or, or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe you're not, a, you know, one of these overly optimistic fans. So tell us, sir, what are your expectations coming into the season? I think the overly optimistic part of me wants to say Super Bowl, Super Bowl aspirations, right? Mm-hmm. But I think realistically, um, knowing that this team, like you guys have said, had the first double-digit double digit winning season that we've had in a while after Mike Vrabel started 9-7 and seven the first couple of years, um, I think – Realistically, my hope would be let's just try and get back to the AFC championship game. Well, that's uh, pretty good. And, yeah. and I think keeping up with the Chiefs and the Bills is going to be tough, right? Sure. So and the Ravens. I think that's yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, the Titans over under is nine, which is the same as the Cowboys, Vikings, Saints, and Colts. And I think that's an interesting grouping because those are all teams that there's a reasonable way to see that they win a dozen games and you know go to the championship game, but then also there's a way to see them fall off. And I guess the big question with the Titans is, you know, the offense has been really incredible the last few years. And it was so good that Matt LaFleur immediately got a head coaching job and then left. And then Arthur Smith takes over and then uh, he gets a head coaching job and then leaves. And so does Mike Vrabel, who, you know, is in theory a defensive guy, but his defenses have not been very good. 
does he just keep, you know, hitting the jackpot on, on good offensive coordinators year after year? Like is Todd Downing going to be like the next version of that? Is he going to be a head coach next year somewhere? Or? I, I don't think I'd go that far and say that he's going to be a head coach. Um, mm-hmm. But, but I do think that the pieces of the offense are what's helping some of these guys in, in the long run. Right. I mean, when you've got Derek Henry in the backfield, you're, you're already set up for success. I mean, play action is going to be successful. Um, your running game is going to be successful. So I do think that Rabel has kind of hit the jackpot, but at the same time, um, I, I think head coaching aspirations are not there for Downing. At By the way, do, you, do you think Arthur Smith's going to be a good coach? We, uh, we already discussed his team, but what do you think about Arthur Smith? I mean, I hope so. He seems like a great guy. Um, yeah. I think hard not situation... to root for the child of a billionaire. You know, he's had a rough his whole life. It's like, <laughs> finally, something will go Arthur Smith's way. Wait, who's his dad? dad? Uh, the CEO of FedEx. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I mean, it's tricky because his dad is a billionaire, but he also has nine kids. So, you know, he split all all that <laughs> up. Sure and it's, it's like fun. not that. It's not Do that. Do you remember much. when the Memphis, when the Vancouver Grizzlies moved to Memphis and there was talk of them changing their team name to the Express and they were yes. going to be sponsored by FedEx and have like the logo with the purple and mm-hmm. the orange. Yeah, that never happened. Instead, they're still called the Grizzlies because, you know, there's there's so many Grizzly Bears in Tennessee. Right, we were Brandon? very pure back then. Now, I think it would almost be allowed. Like there was no sponsorships on jerseys then. You oh, know, yeah, it, yeah. It would be. There. Now I think you'd let it. Well, happen. at the time. Well, well, Bob Johnson uh, named his team the Bobcats after himself. But that's because he was sort of like an egomaniac, I think. But mm-hmm. I mean, Brandon, tell some... us, you, you, you're from Tennessee, right? I'm not. I'm from Denver. Oh, from Denver. Oh, well, then why are you a Titans? Did fan? we go over this last year? Why? Probably. Why I think so. You? My my dad's a Chiefs fan. Mom's a Broncos fan. Got tired of the arguing and picked the team oh. with the sword when I was. So, you should have so, at least left yeah. the conference at that point, though. <laughs> I mean, when you you're know. nine, you don't really know. Swords are cool, right? Mm-hmm, that's true. Swords are cool. Yeah. Uh, Eddie George. Was that? Eddie? I don't know how old you are. Was that the Eddie George era or? It was Eddie George, Steve McNair. Yeah. Let's nice, talk nice about Eddie George for a second. Um, so last year, I think um, I was probably a little negative on the Titans going into the year, like maybe like I am this year. And I had sort of two big questions. Uh, my first question was, can Ryan Tannehill repeat his sort of seemingly unsustainable career year? And then the second was, will Derrick Henry suffer after carrying the ball 300 plus times? So the answer to the former was yes. Tannehill put up another astounding season, this time over 16 games. He finished with 40 touchdowns, just eight turnovers. I am now fully on board the Tannehill train. Uh, You know, I I think uh, he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. I think he does not get the credit he deserves. And he's probably not going to because, you know, when all of a sudden you become good at 30, um, you know, people just sort of they don't really buy into it in the same way. And also because, you know, when you have a 2000 yard rusher, people sort of dismiss the the efficiency and, and the quality of work by the quarterback. The answer to the second one, I think, you know, well, Derrick Henry carried the ball 75 more times last year, topped the 2000 yard rushing mark. Um, so, as I said, I'm not doubting Tannehill, but I think I'm almost even more nervous for for Derrick Henry. You know, we look at the other running backs in the last like 15, 20 years who carried the ball that many times and what happened to them the following year. So we have Larry Johnson, 2005, 2006, which is similar to Henry's last two years. The following year, he plays eight games. And by the way, in those eight games, when he was healthy, um, he was a shell of himself, averages three and a half yards of carry. DeMarco Murray has 392 carries in 2014 for the Cowboys, turns it into a sweet $42 million contract with the Eagles that offseason. He ends up just starting eight games in his career in Philadelphia, um, and his yards per carry plummets by over a full yard. Although he did end up going to Tennessee and having one decent season for you guys. Uh, Ricky Williams led the league in carries in consecutive years in 0203, much like Derrick Henry did. The next four years, he combined for, for 750 yards rushing. Jamal Lewis, 2,000 yards in 2003. The next year, he was okay, but nothing like the previous year. He, uh, he had half as many touchdowns. His yards per carry dropped by a full yard. Um, the only guy, really, who 
was able to carry the ball 300 plus times um, in consecutive years and keep it going was Eddie George um, for you guys who two decades ago, he ran the ball for 300 plus times eight years in a row. He did not miss a single game in his entire career for the Oilers Titans and had 300 plus carries in every single year, which is insane. Um, it must be noted that his quality of play was nowhere near Henry's. He averaged four yards carry just twice and for his career average is 3.6 yards per carry. So he was nothing as good as Henry, but in terms of that consistency and that health, I mean, that's just like crazy. And, and I guess, is that what you're hoping out of Henry that he's sort of the next Eddie George in sort of a, uh, a, a health standpoint. I think so. I mean, I, I think I credit a lot of Derek Henry success to Eddie George. I know a couple seasons ago, ah. Eddie George had to have that conversation with him of, <laughs> you know, you're a big guy. Let's just run over people. And I think mm. that's when Henry's career turned around. Um, so I think the comparisons are there. I, I think Derek Henry's just built different. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can't even think of anybody to really compare him to. Um, so my hope is that, I mean, the health stays there. Um, another 300 plus carry season is it's going to happen. Um, yeah. So I mean, he Henry's the, the same back in the league. Yeah. Henry is the same age. Of course, I'm not comparing them. Henry is the unique guy, but like he's the same age as Todd Gurley, who is an unsigned free agent right now, you know? <laughs> Like it is it, like if it goes, it can go very fast, but he is a unique yeah. player. So I don't want to I wouldn't predict it or guarantee it, but it's possible. Yeah. So let's yeah, talk I about the, the big move on the offense, which is Julio Jones this year. The big addition. Yep. When was so, the last time the Titans had two like plus plus receivers like like Brown and Julio? Well, Corey Davis is now on your Jets, Akiva. You know, he's no he Julio, good, obviously. But, no, but on a but per route basis, he was an elite, he was an elite receiver. He last was, year. but I also think part of that was like he wasn't facing anybody's number one corner. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 he, he's not Julio or AJ Brown. But sure. I'm saying, do we have to go back to the Oilers era uh, to to find a in, in Titans? I think probably lore. the Oilers Titans transition. There were the Derek Mason years. Mm -hmm. um, I think who the number two was. Did yeah. they have? Um, I mean, because the Haywood Jeffries, Webster Slaughter. Remember Drew Bennett? That white guy they had. He was pretty good. Yeah, yeah Drew Bennett was interesting. Yeah. I mean, none of these guys are as good as Julio. No, no, not, not, not the Julio. Not even watch, but he's not even good. Julio now, probably. Not as good. Yeah. I mean, but AJ Brown is almost a younger Julio, also. I mean, they're very similar guys. And even if Derrick Henry misses a few games or whatever, uh, hopefully Tannehill gets, you know, an opportunity to to shine a little bit more and get a little bit more credit than he's gotten with these two elite receivers. I For mean, sure. if you're a I defensive think... coordinator, though, don't I mean, aren't you? I, I know there, there's a big size difference between Julio and A.J. Brown, but like you're probably putting your number one corner on A.J. Brown, right? I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure what, what teams are going to do. It, it probably depends on the skill set yeah, the player, on, and, yeah, and how tall the corner is, because yeah. A.J. Brown's only six feet tall. Yeah. Um, you know, so so Warren Sharp is kind of a one trick pony. And, you know, he basically ignores defense and special teams and running games. Everything's about, you know, um, the only thing that matters in football is the passing game. So so take this with a grain of salt. But he argues pretty forcefully that Derrick Henry is not really that valuable to this offense and that it's all Ryan Tannehill and, and his success under Arthur Smith's play calling. And he points out, you know, like, you know, they had Derrick Henry before 2019. He was basically a backup to Deion Lewis. So he's very excited to see what what the what this Titans offense can do with, with Brown and with Julio. Um I mean, do you think that they're going to throw the ball more and run it less than they have the last couple of years, e either because they have Julio or because they're trying to protect Henry after, you know, so much use the last couple of years? I don't think that that Henry's usage is going to go down. I think Tannehill's okay. efficiency is going to stay there. Um, I, I think Julio is going to be the same Julio we've always going to see. We've always seen. I think he's going to be a yardage monster. Um, AJ Brown makes his his money on big plays. So I, I think we're still going to see something similar there. Um, but I do think Tannehill, that, that efficiency is just going to 
remain and it's going to be filtered through two receivers, kind of how it was last year with Corey Davis and uh, AJ Brown, just now with a better version of <laughs> a Corey Davis and Julio Jones. Does it frustrate you as a Titans fan, the way that sort of Tannehill is sort of dismissed by, you know, sort of the national uh, fans and media? For sure. I, I mean, like no one, I get no it. one considers him a top 10 quarterback and there's no way to argue he's not based on the last two seasons. I think that's the nature of the beast though, isn't it? I mean, you take his, everyone's going to take his time in Miami into consideration and, and yeah. I'll blame Adam Gase for that all day long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. And, and I think perception is reality, right? But I think in reality, like you said, there's no way to not argue, to argue that he's not a top 10 quarterback. It is frustrating. Uh, but honestly, I think the way that Vrabel leads this team, I think they feed on it. I think the offense feeds on it. And I think it's probably good for them to have a chip on their shoulder. Mm. Yeah, it actually, you know, it does remind me a little bit of the Vikings with, with Cousins, who also is a guy who, for whatever reason, doesn't get sort of the respect that that, that he deserves. Based well, they, on his that's numbers. The, they're probably each other's number one comp. I well, think well, actually, look at these two teams. They both have an elite running back. They both have two elite receivers. They both have a very mm-hmm. underrated quarterback. Um, by the way, they both cut. They both already cut last year's first round draft pick because of off the field concerns. True. <laughs> no, there, there is a lot of similarities, but yeah. Uh, well, I, let's talk about that for a second. So the offensive line in Tennessee has was not gr- that great last year. And Isaiah Wilson, as we just said, gone is is the second round rookie Dylan Radunes. I don't know how to pronounce that. Is he, is he the starting right tackle now or? I think he's competing for that spot. I think okay. we've kind of got Nate Davis in that spot right now. Um, but I think I think it's Radins. Um, Radins. OK, but yeah, I, I've heard really good things. Um, coming out of training camp about him. I know Rabel and, and the coaching staff was impressed with him from the first preseason game, which I mean, doesn't mean a ton, but I think he's putting in the work. And if he doesn't start the season there, I think he'll definitely end the season there. Can we, uh, can we switch to the defense for a minute? No. What defense? No? Okay. Well, yeah. So, yeah. So <laughs> one of my issues, Mike Vrabel seems like kind of a fun guy to root for, and he seems like a sort of a fun coach to have, but I'm always suspicious of these coaches who succeed with a good performance from like the other side of what they were actually hired to do. So like, so I'll give you like so the best example. This is Brian Billick. So Brian Billick, offense coordinator for the, you know, the record setting 98 Vikings becomes head coach in Baltimore. They almost immediately win a Super Bowl, but he wins a Super Bowl with like this historically great defense and a garbage offense. And I think it's noteworthy that when he eventually got fired, he never got another head coaching job, which says something. Mike Vrabel's a defensive guy. This, I think they had like the, the 29th ranked defense or something like that last year. They've had incredible offices year after year. And like, you know, what, like, when does Vrabel sort of turn it, you know, put together a good defense? Uh, so Shane Bowen, I think, is the new DC because Arthur Smith, you know, uh, grabbed his guy on the way out. Um, I just, you know, you, at a, I mean, you can try and overcome a bad defense with this great offense. But at a certain point in the playoffs, when you got to get past the Chiefs and the Ravens and the Bills and the Browns. Like, that's a hard thing to do. So, like, what, what, what is what evidence do you have or maybe you have none that this defense is going to be improved this year? So I think the only evidence that I've got is that Vrabel gave up control of the defense. Uh, I love <laughs> okay. Mike Vrabel as a head so he's coach. he's not a defensive genius. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, if you look at his time um, as a defensive coach in, in Houston, and I think he was a coach in college for a year or two, um, his defenses were never great. Uh, I think when he came in, he was able to lure Dean Pease out of retirement, and I think that helped the Titans defense for the first couple of years. Um, Dean Pease retired before last season, um, which left Rabel in charge. And I think that's part of the reason that the defense wasn't great. 
Um, yeah, the only I major addition this year, I think, is was rough. Um, and I mean, no, great sorry. for Arthur Smith. No, I was going to say great for Arthur Smith getting him out of retirement. That'll help him start the, yeah, yeah. the, the Falcons defense strong. Um, but yeah, I, I think our defense is a huge question mark, but I think it will be better than last year, just based on some consistency and having a specific defensive coordinator. Uh, so Bud Dupree is the big addition to the defense. PFF graded him as the 82nd best pass rusher last year. And that was before he tore his ACL late in the year. So the personnel is not going to be uh, vastly improved from last year on the defense. No, I, I think the big thing that we're hoping in Tennessee is Jeff Simmons has a breakout year. I think if he does that, um, that'll definitely help Bud Dupree. I think my biggest question with Dupree is, you know, he had TJ Watt in Pittsburgh that helped open up some lanes for him to, to get to the quarterback and everything. So I think if, if big Jeff can do that for Tennessee, I think we'll be improved, but it's, it's going to be a lot of improvement. Simmons from- was bad last year, right? He's your, he's your very high first round pick from 2020. Uh, and wasn't he not good? No, he was, he 2019, sorry, from 2019. He, yeah, when he was drafted, he was coming off of an injury. Um, I don't think he was bad last year. I think there was a lot of improvement, but I think the way that the rest of the defense kind of ran, I think a lot of our issues were in coverage. Our first and second down defense weren't necessarily the issue, but the amount of third and 10, third and 15 conversions that we had was awful. And I think well, it's not just coverage. It's no pass rush also. True. And, yeah, and no, it, that's that's well, just like point. your team last year. Yeah, well, we said they have a lot in common. I mean, who 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 on this team is going to have like, you know, double digit sacks this year or is the answer? Nobody. I mean, the hope is Simmons or Landry. Simmons, <laughs> has, five, were... Simmons has five career sacks as of right now. That would be a big, a big. Leap. I mean, it's possible, but it would be a big leap, right? Is that good or bad? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, what was he picked? Seventh overall or something yeah, crazy? Not like ideal. That? Oh, he's not no, only 19th, was... 19th. Yeah. Not so not no, so high. Okay, okay. whatever. Um, all right. So let's, so, I mean, do you feel, so yeah, so I said they're over under is nine. Now they went 11 and five last year, but their, their Pythag was only 9.2 wins. They went seven and two in one score games. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be tough to repeat that. The, the big question we always ask on this podcast is, is what does this team need to do to win the Super Bowl? So Brandon, tell us like, what, what is the path that leads this team to winning the Super Bowl this year? I think <laughs> we ride Derrick Henry while we've got him. Um, I think if the wheels start falling off, we've got Julio and we've got AJ uh, behind Henry. We've got Darrington Evans, who I think can be a serviceable running back as well to, to kind of give him some breathing room. Um, but I think a lot of it's going to fall on the defense. I think we've got to get more pressure on quarterbacks. We've got to get, if we're going to be able to compete with the bills and the chiefs, we've got to get pressure on Allen and Mahomes, be able to stop them when it counts. Um, and a lot of that's going to start up front, but I also think, uh, first round draft pick this year, Caleb Farley can be huge in in the secondary for us. So I think a lot of it's just going to be getting that defense improved to keep up with kind of the strides that the offense has made. Mm. You keep mentioning the bills, uh, not the Ravens, the team that knocked out of the playoffs last year. No, <laughs> I think, um, no, I think it all comes down to where we play in the playoffs against the Ravens. We play in Baltimore. We're fine. We play in Tennessee. We lose. <laughs> it's just the way it's always they been. The last two years. Yeah. Uh, or is that a longer track record also? I think it's longer term. Oh, really? Okay. Were, were you bitter when Steve McNair went to Baltimore at the end of his career? For sure. I think that's probably why I don't <laughs> mention them. <laughs> For some reason nice. in my head, the Titans and Ravens have, have a rivalry. And I'm not even sure why. I think they were in the same division for, for a while. Yeah. And they play in the playoffs a couple of times. Uh, can I ask well, you guys I mean, a quick yeah, tr- the last two years? 
no, no, I, I meant back. Yeah, I meant yeah. back in the day also when the when the Titans were like that great regular season team. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven. Ryan Tannehill, eighth all time in Oilers Titans passing yards. You guys want to take a stab at who the top seven are and in order? I mean, the first one should be pretty easy. You want, do you want to go? I mean, no, no. McNair is, is second. Oh, no, it's Warren Moon. Warren obviously, Warren's Warren's Warren. Warren. you're right. Yeah. OK, so Moon, then McNair. Wait, which one of us is doing this? You could both throw out names. Um. All right. Um. right. I'm going to go very old school. I'm going to say um, George Blanda. Yeah, Blanda's three. Hmm. Um. Oh, man, this is I think it's going to get tough. <laughs> I feel like I want to say Mariota. And yeah. that makes me sick. Yeah, no, Mariota's fifth. He's up there. Mariota's fifth? Oh, wow. Fifth, then nobody's really close. Yeah. Oh, wow. So then they don't have any long term. I mean, Kerry Collins? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Kerry Collins ahead of him Wait, at really? seven. Wow. Yeah. And then Vince Young. Okay. Vince Young is six. You're missing one old guy at four. It's a hard, old it's guy. A hard one. It's one of like one of the worst guys who like played a lot. Dan Pastorini. Oh, Dan Panis, Pastorini. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. A guy who played a lot, but wasn't good. Yeah. He was a All quarterback right. throughout the 70s, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. And cool. the, uh, the Titans were mostly bad in the 70s. The, the Kenny Stabler was there for a minute, I think. <sighs> Stabler was there. They had that. Did they have that five nothing playoff game? No, they <laughs> I don't remember. I watched a lot. I watched one of those Oilers. Steelers How long was Jake Locker, games. the quarterback for the Titans? Two weeks, something like that. No, I <laughs> two seasons okay. or something. What do you think like Jake Locker's up to right now? What's At this Locker very moment? Team? Well, like in general, what's his job? Uh, maybe he's watching White Lotus season finale. He's probably watching. White Lotus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had a, a, a very shockingly early retirement. I mean, he wasn't good. But he he wasn't owns like... a fitness center and taking a theology course. Okay, mm. Good for him. I'm gonna, I'm mm-hmm. gonna guess. He, I'm gonna guess he owns a red hat. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably true. Yeah. Um, all right. So he I has- would say the biggest thing that the Titans probably have going for them is their division. Right. Houston's still gonna be awful. Jacksonville's a steep learning curve. The Colts have all kinds of injury issues. They don't know who their quarterback is. So right. If if you guys win five out of six uh, games in your division which I, I think is probably your expectation, right? You maybe you split with the Colts and you, and you sweep Jackson Houston. At that point, you really only need to go 500 to probably win the division and, and you know, get right back in the playoffs and, and, and bang that over of that, uh, that nine number. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Uh, I'm going over on the nine. What's the Titans Super Bowl odds? The Titans Super Bowl odds is only plus 2,000. Yeah, so I I thought I was thinking about them as my long shot bet, but those numbers are not. That's amazing. not a long shot bet, and it's weird because all the other nine teams, like the Cowboys, are three thousand, the Vikings are four thousand, uh, Saints, Colts, three thousand. Uh, there's teams with higher over unders at three thousand, so I'm not sure why the Titans are. Only I think 2, it's because their division is like weak enough. It's like, They're right, more well, likely the prob- to make the playoffs, especially with Indianapolis. Yeah. Like that number could go down a little bit if Wentz is out a few weeks. Like they're more likely to make the playoffs than any of those other. Yeah, teams, I think that's like Minnesota. True. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, if it was plus 30, I'd be right there. Plus 20 doesn't excite me that mm. much. Yeah, I thought I'm we not, said I'm not, I thought not we said it has to be at least plus 40 for your long. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. That's true. Yeah. So the Titans are not eligible. I mean, well, there's so I, few teams. That I mean, a plus 20, 40. by the way, I'm looking. Seattle's the same number, by the way. There aren't a ton of teams that are plus 40. That's the only that's the only no, option. no. I'm saying 20 is, is the t- 20 to one is just Seattle. No, I understand. But even the th- yeah, yeah. like you take 40 and up, it's really just like the bottom of 10 teams. Like even who's more likely to win the Super Bowl, the, the Tennessee Titans or the Seattle Seahawks? Yeah, that's a tough question. I think they're pretty much equally likely, but the Titans, the the Titans are at worst. I mean, at best, the third best team in the AFC. 
whereas the Seahawks could be the best team in the NFC. Well, because there's like no amazing team in the NFC the way there is. I mean, the NFC. Bucks are very I mean, good, but even yeah. if like they're the second best. Yeah. Whereas I think the Chiefs and Ravens are better than any of the second best teams. But I actually think I think the Seahawks like baseline is higher than than the Titans. Like I think the, the Seahawks floor is much higher than the Titans floor. But I actually mm-hmm. think the Titans have a higher ceiling. Yeah, no, I, I think the Titans I mean, this, could, this could be offense, very good. They've had a top five offense in consecutive years. If you I don't, get anything love, from the I don't love the defense in the playoffs. Like, I don't know yeah. if they're getting stops against. Uh, Although, Mahomes to be fair, the Lamar defense was not Allen. the problem in the playoffs the last two years. No, that's true. True. Last year, it came down to the offense falling short. So, yeah, I mean, it's also tough. Like Henry has so many miles on him. It's it's it, we're going to be talking about like mid-July when mid-January when we're playing our first playoff game, like. It's a big ask for one running back, you know, 21 games, unless you're the one seed. Yeah. I mean, and, and this oh, offense, long because it's, it's so much based on, on, you know, play action. They really need, you know, you mentioned uh, his backup and I already forgot who it is. I'm not looking at the depth chart right now. Uh, Terry on or what was it? Darrington? Darrington Evans. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if, if you're, if you're trying to go Darrington Evans instead of Derek Henry, I think uh, <laughs> the ceiling drops quite a bit for this team. Oh, for sure. There's no way to replace it. But I think if we make it to January, that means Henry's <laughs> he's still rolling. So I think we're fine. Mm. But it's funny because even someone like you is like, yeah, we're just going to have to like ride him out. And if two years from now, he's like toast. That's his problem. But, you know, if I was Henry, I'd be like, hey, you know, I need I need a couple of weeks where I'm only carrying the ball like 10 times in, during the season. I mean, it is, I, it is... I think the kinds of guys who become running backs is like. Being a running back. No, I don't think so. But if I was if I was his agent. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. The brain of the running back is, I think, inherently flawed, because if you're good enough to be a star NFL running back, you're a good enough athlete that you probably could have been maybe not a star, but you could have been a good player at many other positions or even at other sports. For sure. Yeah. And running back is the shortest career of any position in any sport. It is so stupid. Like, I understand when you're in high school, like the best player on the team, the superstar athlete is going to be the running back. And so you get all the girls in the adulation. But like, if you're smart, move to linebacker, move to safety, move to baseball or basketball, make yeah. much more guaranteed money, have a much longer career. It's all about money. That's what Alex says. I try and convince. No, him. it's a, having a career. Like, you don't <laughs> want to be done with your career when you're 27 years old. It's true. It's true. I mean, Derrick Henry's a monster, but you don't think Derrick Henry could have been an all-pro linebacker? Oh, he he could have been. Um, just looking at a couple other things on the Titans because I, mean, I think what is we he? only He's have like a minute six, or two. Three, two forty or something. Yeah, uh, Logan Woodside and Matt Barkley—they're fighting for the backup job. I think that's Logan Woodside's. I yeah, don't get don't get hurt, don't get hurt, Ryan yeah. Tannehill. Whatever you do, and <laughs> Tannehill played full season or even plus thirteen games for the first time since twenty fifteen. Right, he had four seasons where he didn't, and he missed. Well, I mean, there. because he didn't start because Mariota was the starter the year before. That's true, right? I mean, he that's was healthy true. for most of his. I mean, he got injured towards the end, but I think the first few years in Miami, he was healthy every year, wasn't he? Yeah, he played 16 games a bunch. That is true. Yeah. Then he got hurt for a while and fell off the face of the earth and the, and the Titans uh, picked up the pieces. Yeah. And when he's um, only throwing the ball, you know, 400 times a year, whatever it is, because of uh, handing it to Henry. I an- another thing that makes me nervous, especially in these longer seasons, like the Vikings, there's very little beyond the top two receivers. I mean, like, is Jeff Swaim exciting people? Is um, who are the other guys fighting for those the back end receiver spots, Brandon? I mean, we've got Josh Reynolds. Uh, yeah, Josh Reynolds. Again, he, not ex- like Josh Reynolds. If he's like your sixth receiver, you're fine. But I don't think he's a he's a great three. Yeah, uh, I know. Like, like who Dallas's three is. You're disrespecting or, you know, Chester, Akiva. Yeah. Uh, Chester Rogers. Yeah, that's true. I mean, listen, anybody who played last night 
uh, <laughs> they're 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 you know struggling to make the team. That's my impression. Chester so, Rogers is one of those guys on the Colts. I feel like the Colts had so many receivers over the last few years yes. that you'd add a yes. drop in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Chester, you know, Chester Rogers Rogers isn't that bad. He's already 27. He's not like a, he's not like a prospect, but yeah, no, he's he a good team. Yeah. Right? Now they have a guy, Des Fitzpatrick. Is he related to Des Bryant or Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yeah, I think, was a better <laughs> Either way, I think he's a good. combination of all of them. Mm. Right? No, How much time he's... do we have before we get bombed? You're not, you're not supposed to bring up the bomb. We have like a minute and a half. OK, um, uh, pick a number. We haven't done this yet. People have oh, been begging for it. I've so many requests. Yeah. Not not one request. Um, yeah. Uh, pick a number between zero and a hundred, please, Brandon. Thirty-four. Thirty-four. Oh, perfect. Okay, talk to me about Brent Quale. Next jet. Oh man, <laughs> never even heard that name in my it's life. Cuvale is how we, is how it's spelled. Q-V-A-L-E. He's the third string right tackle right now. <laughs> well, listen, someone has to be the third string. Yeah, he was bad way, on the that's Jets. That's third string with um with reduce. Oh no, oh no, he's. Wow, they have Rad Radins. They have him listed as the backup guard right now, right guard. Brent. First of all, like it's a great Scrabble name. Quali. Q V A L E. You know like, you can't use any names in Scrabble, dumbass. I mean, it's just like I, a, an expression. Yeah, I've, n- I mean, I've never heard anything... great Scrabble name as an expression. It's a great. It's an expression. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. Think he has a good. master's degree in applied science. Who? Quali. Like, yeah, he's a smart guy, I guess. Mm. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. <sighs> visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.